Now it's a special pleasure for me to inter interview, have a conversation with the Saudi Minister of Information and Culture, uh, Adel Al-Tarefi. Uh, Adel uh, has served in this position now for several years. He's been a key member of the uh, Deputy Crown Prince's uh, Vision 2030 efforts uh, and is a member of the Security and Political Affairs Council, which handles every major issue that's before the kingdom. Uh, he uh, took a doctorate from the London School of Economics. He had the prescience to focus his dissertation on Saudi-Iran relations, uh, which is certainly a topic that's uh, been on his mind uh, in, in recent years. Uh, I want to uh, ask uh, Minister Al-Tarefi to uh, begin by talking about a subject that's on the minds of every American, and I bet most Saudis too, and that's the election that's about to take place in the U.S. It's now less than two weeks away. Uh, Mr. Minister, I'm not going to ask you to make any predictions. I'm just going to cite the polls, which are now showing a solid and significant lead for Hillary Clinton uh, to be elected and become the next president. So I want to ask you, in terms of the Saudi-American relationship, uh, Secretary Clinton is someone known to the kingdom. Uh, what sort of, of uh, uh, changes do you think might be possible in the relationship? Is she somebody that you think uh, the leadership in the kingdom could work with easily? G give us your sense of what a, a Saudi-American relationship would be like with that new administration. Thank you very much. Uh, first of all, it's a pleasure to be here. Uh, and to talk to this uh, forum, uh, and it's also a pleasure uh, to be among uh, uh, Prince Turkel Faisal and uh, Prince Abdullah, who I both uh, uh, regard uh, very highly, and to be also uh, interviewed by David Ignatius, uh, who used to write for Al-Sharq uh, al He used to be translated in Al-Sharq al newspaper where I was the editor-in-chief. So uh, you were my you were my editor. You were yeah, my boss. I was the editor. Yes, indeed. Yeah, but uh, I, we didn't dare to change anything <laughs> of the articles. Uh, so it's a, a pleasure, uh, actually, and an honor to be uh, talking with you. Uh, as for the question that you mentioned, first of all, uh, the American elections is an American matter. Uh, we, ha we have no uh, opinion whatsoever. Uh, about uh, who's going to win uh, and uh, what the election's results would be. But I would say something, uh, that Saudi Arabia has always admired uh, the American democracy, American values, American people, and the way they conduct politics here in the United States. So, understood, and it wouldn't be appropriate to make a prediction, but if our polls are right and if uh, Secretary Clinton is elected, uh, is she somebody that you think the kingdom's leadership could work with? Well, see, the uh, kingdom is uh, uh, one of the uh, allies of the United States. It's the, uh, for us, the United States is uh, the ally number one, uh, and it will continue. Therefore, whoever who co comes to, to the presidency will be very important to us to speak with and work with. And uh, this is a policy that has been uh, there for decades, and it will continue uh, to be so. There are a lot of in interests between uh, Saudi Arabia and America, uh, and we think that 
those interests will uh, continue uh, uh, to be so, uh, regardless uh, of who wins the race. And we hope uh, for everyone who has ran uh, a good fare uh, of, uh, yeah. So um, let me ask about an issue that is deeper than this uh, election. Uh, it was a question that was put to Prince Abdullah and I, it's, it's one that I, I've been looking forward to hearing your thoughts about. The passage of the JASTA legislation by such a substantial margin uh, was, uh, to many observers, a sign of a problem deeper down in this relationship, which, is, as you say, is close and has been uh, going on for many decades. But there's, there's something... That's, that's happening. Uh, a, a prominent Saudi analyst was quoted in the New York Times uh, after the passage of this legislation saying, JASTA is a wake-up call for the Saudis that it's time to revisit the concept of the alliance with the U.S. And I want to ask you whether uh, you have any of that same feeling, that JASTA shows that there is less political support than you might have thought uh, in Congress and what to do about that? Well, three points um, to answer this question. First of all, uh, that JASA is, is a, uh, a Congress bill, so uh, it's an American issue, uh, first place. Uh, second, I disagree with uh, this comment. Uh, Saudi Arabia uh, will more strengthen its relationship with the United States uh, in the future. Um, this is a strategic relationship that has been built over decades. Um, and uh, third, uh, that JASTA uh, is a concern, as Prince Abdullah has uh, mentioned earlier, for many countries, uh, not only for Saudi Arabia. Uh, why? Because it touches on the immunity of nations, uh, the sovereignty uh, of nations. Uh, and we think that this is uh, um, a concern and also a problematic matter not only for the uh, uh, countries in the Middle East or countries around the world, but also to the American uh, uh, people. Uh, a lot, a dozen of, Amer uh, of American security experts that I've yes. spoken with uh, have uh, shown their concern. Uh, and uh, you can imagine if, uh, if courts are opened uh, all over the world uh, to uh, surpass uh, sovereign immunity and uh, bring to court uh, states. That will definitely have an impact on the international community. That point was made, I, I should just uh, underline the obvious, uh, strongly by President Obama, uh, who felt that this legislation was a terrible mistake, vetoed it, and was unable to sustain his veto. I just want to ask you, I, 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 I was on the verge of calling you before the, the vote to try to interview you on this, but now I have to ask you after. What would you say as, as Saudi Arabia's Minister of Information to the Americans who, who feel, and it was obvious that this feeling helped drive the vote, who feel that Saudi Arabia could do more to fight the extremism that's been a, a danger to the kingdom and to the whole uh, Muslim world now for, for, for decades? How would you answer that? Well, uh, two things, I think. Uh, first of all, that Saudi Arabia ha has been uh, at the front of 
of the front line of fighting terrorism uh, before September 11. Um, Saudi Arabia, uh, since 2003, have been fighting uh, terrorism in its own country. Uh, it succeeded in 2006 in kicking Al-Qaeda out. Uh, then we had the 2011 uprisings. Then you had a second wave of terrorism uh, across the Middle East that even um, uh, have uh, uh, occurred in, in, in several European countries uh, and here in America. So uh, it's a problem that, that does not concern Saudi Arabia alone. It concerns the world. Uh, as a matter of uh, uh, religious uh, educating or, sco or schooling, um, we have seen uh, terrorists who committed terrorist acts uh, uh, here in the United States and uh, abroad in, uh, in Europe, and horrific acts, actually. Uh, and they have not been educated um, anywhere in the Middle East. Uh, so the notion uh, of being educated in a, a certain country or schooled in a certain country that will produce you as a terrorist does not apply that much to Saudi Arabia. Uh, another uh, angle, I would say, that we have conducted our research here in the United States with uh, uh, a number of uh, experts and American uh, um, uh, enterprises. And we have came, came to a conclusion that, that uh, uh, the, uh, uh, how the American people look to Saudi Arabia is not far away from how they look to other countries. Uh, so uh, the notion uh, of that Saudi Arabia is behind or, or was behind you know, is a, a thing that was intended by Osama bin Laden in the first place. You know, he wanted, uh, if, if you ask yourself, what was the reason behind uh, September 11th? Uh, the reason was uh, Osama bin Laden, who was, uh, his citizenship was revoked by the Saudi government uh, and was listed as a terrorist at, the moment, uh, at that time in Saudi Arabia. Uh, his target was actually to destroy the Saudi-U.S. relations. Right. And luckily, uh, that didn't happen. Uh, we, we went through a very difficult time, but that only have strengthened our relationship. Uh, as someone who, have, uh, who is working, actually, with a lot of American colleagues and uh, 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 meeting with American officials, um, with the Saudi leadership, I can see that... Uh, uh, on a daily basis. So we, we have a new opportunity ahead for the U.S. and Saudi Arabia to work together to find ways to be good partners and allies in what hopefully over the coming months will be the end of the Islamic State's control of key cities in Iraq and Syria. And I want to ask you um, about your own thinking and that of your colleagues in the security uh, cabinet in Saudi Arabia about what role Saudi Arabia might play. First, let's take Iraq. Uh, is, is the Abadi government in Iraq one that you now feel comfortable enough with that you might join with that government in trying to help Sunnis in Iraq feel that they have more of a stake in the future? Well, see, uh, if we want to talk about the problems of, of the region, uh, first and foremost, we, we need to talk about uh, Iran. And we need to talk about Iran as a regime. 
and as a revolutionary guard, not Iran as a people uh, or a nation. Well, well let's, let's come to Iran, I, but, but I, you know, the, the best way you could argue to stop Iran is to have a stronger Iraq where, where, the, where the Sunni parts of Iraq feel a confidence uh, and strength again. And that's what I'm asking. Is there a way for Saudi Arabia, even given its suspicions uh, about Iranian involvement in Iraq, uh, to, to help the Abadi government in what's ahead? Well, see, uh, when Abadi uh, uh, became prime minister, Saudi Arabia wel welcomed that, as you know, and sent even an ambassador to, uh, to Iraq to, to support Iraq, uh, and have supported Iraq even financially through international organizations. Uh, so, and Saudi Arabia does not look uh, to Iraq uh, as sects or, or, or minorities. You know, it looks to Iraq as a modern state that should remain a modern state, uh, um, inclusive of, uh, of all, uh, regardless of race, uh, religion, or uh, ethnicity. Uh, nevertheless, this is not the, the same way how Iran uh, looks at Iraq. Iran had a war with Iraq for about eight years. Uh, uh, the destruction of, of Iraq is, is a pillar uh, uh, and the goal of the um, Iranian Revolutionary Guards uh, 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 strategy. So they want a destroyed Iraq. They want a divided Iraq. Uh, now the countries uh, in the region can do um, much little uh, after America left uh, Iraq. Uh, I mean, the uh, international community alone, uh, with the help of America, uh, and the uh, regional uh, powers can exert some power uh, uh, to help any government in Iraq to restore peace uh, and to get rid of uh, those terrorist uh, organizations that, that uh, are operating there and in Syria as well. Um, so, but still, uh, you have uh, a dysfunctional uh, uh, situation down there. Uh, and you have sects and ethnicities who are fighting each other. Yeah. Uh, so let's, let's turn to the other part of this uh, tragedy, um, uh, and that's Syria. Um, I'm sure people in the kingdom, as I believe people here in the United States, uh, feel a deep um, sense of shock as they see uh, pictures of the destruction of a beautiful city, Aleppo, and the human suffering there. Secretary Kerry has worked with uh, his Russian counterpart uh, almost nonstop since last February mm -hmm. to try to get a cessation of hostilities, uh, so far without success. And that effort has now led to talks in Lausanne, uh, multilateral talks, of which Saudi Arabia is a part. And my question would be whether you feel that these discussions, which include Iran, include Russia, include all the key players in this Syrian tragedy, whether you think there's any possibility of uh, preventing a, a catastrophic fall of Aleppo through those negotiations. What, what, what's your sense? Well, my sense is that Syria has been a tragedy uh, over the last couple of years. Uh, a beautiful uh, uh, country that have uh, 
uh, fallen into civil war uh, and destruction, and have been uh, and became uh, uh, under the pressure of a, a tyrant, uh, uh, Assad, and uh, uh, terrorist groups uh, uh, on the other side. Uh, well, the moderates uh, suffered in the middle. Uh, now. Uh, I have to say that Secretary, I have seen Secretary Kerry and the Obama administration uh, uh, um, actually working very effective uh, in the past uh, months uh, to work uh, uh, a peace agreement down there. Uh, and I have to comment, uh, commend uh, Secretary Kerry on his effortless uh, work, uh, I have to say. Uh, nevertheless, you don't see that happening. Uh, um, and the reason behind that, in my opinion, um, belongs to uh, the regime in Tehran. Uh, they don't want to have uh, a ceasefire. They don't want to have uh, an no-fly zone. They don't want to. They want a continuation of the situation until Assad uh, uh, wins. At least this is what they're thinking. Or at least they want uh, a divided Syria. Uh, Syria uh, 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 that cannot stand uh, anymore uh, as a state. Uh, so um, if uh, a peace agreement can be reached, uh, I think the international community should support it. Uh, but nevertheless, on the ground, uh, you don't see that happening. But I, I hear you saying that Saudi Arabia for now will continue to stick with Secretary Kerry's uh, effort in, in Lausanne. Yes, indeed. Uh, Saudi Arabia, as the uh, Saudi government has uh, expressed uh, in several uh, communications of the Saudi cabinet, that it supported the United States' efforts uh, in trying to bring peace to uh, the Syrian people, um, working with the international community and the UN. And uh, we have not uh, uh, gone far from there. Uh, and we wish for that to happen, but it's not... Uh, one, one more uh, question about the region, and then I want to ask you about uh, the things within the, the kingdom. Um, when we look at, at the region, uh, one big change in the last two years uh, is the much greater role of Russia, militarily, but also uh, diplomatically. Uh, key Saudi officials visit uh, Russia now regularly and vice versa. Um, one foundation stone of Saudi policy for as long as I can remember was Saudi's suspicion of Russia and Russian aims in the Middle East. You now seem more willing to work with the Russians, unless I'm mistaken. So maybe you could just explain how your government looks at Russia and its role, uh, whether you're comfortable with them as a power player, uh, Give us the Saudi view of, uh, of the, the new Russian play in the Middle East. Well, see, Russia is a, a, a very strong country, uh, and it has it, it had a, uh, its presence in the Middle East uh, decades before, uh, and especially in, in a country like Syria. Um, the Saudi position is actually to respect uh, uh, great and uh, good relations with Russia, um, and uh, we are working uh, um, together in the fields where opportunities 
and interests can uh, uh, work. We know that there are disagreements, but you can limit them uh, to a number of issues. Uh, nevertheless, uh, we always consider the United States our number, ally, uh, number one ally uh, in, the region, uh, in the region and internationally. So um, uh, we're not in the game uh, between the great powers, uh, but we respect countries and we would like to have great relations with them. Uh, and uh, we want to benefit uh, 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 both sides, uh, both nations, um, uh, from economic opportunities, uh, development of opportunities. And um, we're not a state that is occupied by notions of war or, or expa expansion or, or, or de delivering or expa uh, exporting uh, revolutions uh, like Iran, for example. Uh, no, we're a country which chooses uh, a vision 2030 uh, who our king uh, has led uh, and who our deputy crown prince uh, has been the mastermind behind it. So let's, let's turn to, to things inside the kingdom. Uh, Vision 2030 and the, your implementation plan. Um, as you know, because I, I brought a marked up uh, copy with me one day, I, I've yes, read please. each of the uh, key performance indicators and each of the, uh, I counted 178 uh, strategic initiatives that were in your implementation plan. So I wanna ask you, um, frankly, mm -hmm. uh, as somebody who knows you pretty well, as somebody who used to work for you, how's it going? Mm -hmm. uh, we saw that document, it's very ambitious. It talks about a, a, a different Saudi Arabia but when I read it, I remember thinking, this is really a heavy lift. That Adel, that the Deputy Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman, that King Salman have undertaken. Uh, how's it going? Well, uh, it's going, uh, in, in my opinion, very naturally. Uh, we knew that, uh, in your words, uh, it's a heavy lift. Uh, but we wanted uh, uh, Saudi Arabia to, to change. Uh, this is the vision of King Salman himself. Uh, he wanted a better Saudi Arabia for the Saudis. Uh, and, and this has translated to the Crown Prince and the Deputy Crown Prince working both sides uh, to deliver that. Uh, now, Vision 2030 and the National Transformation Plan uh, speaks about the uh, societal, economic, uh, and development side. Uh, while you have in the economic, uh, in the Security and Pol Political Affairs Council, you have another side, which is trying to protect Saudi Arabia from uh, threats uh, uh, abroad and trying to uh, strengthen uh, the security within Saudi Arabia. Um, uh, the culture uh, that have emerged, uh, I would say, with the Economic and Development Council, headed by Prince Mohammed bin Salman, the Deputy Crown Prince, uh, is a new culture to Saudi Arabia. Uh, when you speak to, go to a ministry in Saudi Arabia uh, three years ago or four years ago, try to speak about uh, KPIs and uh, strategic goals and producing uh, a five-year plan and having uh, initiatives that, that needed to be delivered uh, in a specific time, uh, you would find that a very foreign language. Uh, nevertheless, um, we as ministers 
bear the pressure as well. Uh, and our uh, uh, colleagues in, in the ministries bear the pressure uh, to, to transform our culture and how we work, uh, how we develop, how we, um, uh, how we operate our ministries uh, in Saudi Arabia. Well, I remember you describing to me some sleepless nights as you tried to finish uh, the work that you had to do. One key part of, of the, the Vision 2030 and, and these reforms uh, is the idea of privatization uh, of, of Saudi Ramco and some other uh, key uh, companies. I, I see many prominent business people in the audience. So I want to ask you what I think is one of the hardest and most important questions. If you privatized even a small portion of Saudi Ramco, so that it was publicly owned, traded in international markets, international standards of transparency and efficiency would apply. That's a very different situation from one in which um, Saudi Ramco can act as a kind of social welfare uh, body, taking care of people in the kingdom, uh, in which sometimes the standards of transparency have not been uh, the same that you'd find in London or, or New York. So uh, I've heard some people ask uh, quietly, I, I wonder if, that's, if, that's, if it's really uh, time yet for that kind of privatization and that level of change. What do you think? Are you still, still committed to that? Well, uh, you're asking me to violate the promise I gave uh to the energy ministry, uh, engineer Khaled Faleh. I've told him that uh, nobody should speak about uh, energy or oil or Aramco uh, other than him. And I gave the same advice mm. to my fellow ministers. So if I'm going to comment mm. on, on Aramco itself, I'm, I'm, I'm committing the, the same mistake that I've said. But nevertheless, uh, you spoke about something very important, uh, which I can comment on, which is transparency. Mm -hmm. uh, that's very important. Um, the privatization of Aramco uh, needs that kind of transparency that you've mentioned. And uh, in fact, uh, last year when we were working on the budget uh, announcement, um, the uh, head of the uh, Economic and Development Council, Prince Mohammed bin Salman's uh, uh, concern uh, uh, was how to change the language and the discourse on the Saudi budget to make it more transparent. Mm -hmm. And we spent uh, weeks uh, to try to develop a more lengthier uh, uh, disclosure of the uh, 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 budget and to make the budget more transparent. Um, so if we have done that with the budget itself, uh, we think we can do it with Aramco, we, can, we think we can do it with a lot of... Um, transparency has become a very important uh, uh, part of our work. Uh, and uh, you spoke about the key um, indicators. Well, a number of them are actually about transparency. How can you deliver an initiative uh, through a ministry and, and make it transparent, uh, that you know where the money went, you know how the project was done, uh, and you know that the project was done accordingly to the promises that was given. So that, that's, a, that's a useful answer, and I think reaffirming that that, that goal of transparency is central to, 
to uh, the Deputy Crown Prince, um, that's going to be one of my takeaways from our conversation. Another question that I think the whole world uh, wonders about is uh, the Deputy Crown Prince and King Salman's, uh, Crown Prince's vision of the future uh, role uh, and conduct of Islam mm -hmm. in the uh, country that is, as, as the ruler's title proclaims, the custodian of the two holy mosques. Uh, reading the Vision 2030 statement, I, I, I read language that talks about a changing role, a changing definition. But I want to ask you, uh, we've read stories of uh, new discipline on the Mutawin, the religious police. Uh, we've read about changes in the status and role of women, their ability to vote, perhaps someday their ability to drive. Um, give us your best current uh, uh, statement of, of, of what uh, uh, reforms you think uh, are desirable, uh, are part of uh, Mohammed bin Salman's vision for the future of the kingdom? Well, uh, first of all, we need to always remember uh, what Saudi Arabia means to the Muslim world. Um, as you mentioned, it houses the two holy places uh, of Islam, Mecca and Medina. Um, it's where um, um, uh, Arabic uh, language and culture uh, has emerged. Um, and it's a center player, uh, or the most center player in the, um, not only in the uh, Middle East region, but also in the Islamic world uh, and in the international world. Uh, Saudi Arabia is a member of the G20. Uh, and uh, so it's a, an economic and energy power uh, as well. So, um, and it's also security uh, power for the world. Saudi Arabia have been fighting terrorism uh, uh, very ferociously uh, uh, in the past. Uh, well, I, I know you're on the front lines of, of that fight every day, but, but I, I, I do want to ask about what the, what the vision is of uh, change um, and, and, and modernization, if you will, yes, in the sphere of religion? Well, see, one of the things is that in the past, uh, um, you, you, you didn't have that much pressure to uh, change or to modernize uh, some sectors. Um, and sometimes in, uh, uh, there were sectors that you didn't have. I'll give you an example. One of the... Um, um, uh, decrees that uh, King Salman, the custodian of the Tuvali mosques, have made uh, a few months ago was the creation of the Entertainment uh, Commission. Uh, we didn't have an Entertainment Commission. We didn't have an entertainment sector uh, in the sense that you would recognize it in, in, in a state as large as Saudi Arabia. Um, so the vision, actually, uh, uh, I want to talk about two things. One, uh, about the vision being uh, 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 a tool to actually transform Saudi Arabia to the better. We want to be a better nation. Um, so this is why you have within the Vision 2030 uh, 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 a big role for women uh, in the workplace uh, future-wise uh, that we would like to increase. King Abdullah, uh, uh, may his soul rest in peace, uh, uh, has made uh, uh, a scholarship program that have lasted now uh, for more than a decade uh, 
and is supported now by King Salman uh, himself, which has brought a lot of young uh, minds, uh, uh, women and men, uh, to back to Saudi Arabia to be part of that vision, 2030, to change. And the vision uh, in every part of it, uh, whether if it's economics, culture, uh, uh, education, um, or, or entertainment, uh, is seeking actually to transform Saudi Arabia to make it a better place for Saudis uh, 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 to live, to the Saudis to be proud of. Uh, our goal, for example, in the, uh, the culture ministry is to strengthen the Saudi uh, sense of identity, of Saudi identity. Uh, and that comes when you make your country uh, a better place for its people. Uh, when the younger generation, for so example. So is, the, is there a time when I'll visit you in, in Riyadh and we'll go to the movies or go to a museum or go to a play? Uh, how far away is the day when we'll do that? Well, um, uh, on the second day of Ramadan, uh, I remember we were delivering the National Transformation Plan. Uh, and uh, it, uh, it was our turn in the Culture Ministry uh, ministry to uh, speak about uh, our initiatives. And we had nine initiatives, and uh, some of our initiatives include actually the establishment of the Royal Arts uh, Complex of Arts, which will include uh, um, uh, an orchestra, which will, a Saudi orchestra, which would include uh, a national theater, a national gallery, and much of the things that you've mentioned. And if you want to go to a play now in Saudi Arabia, they're actually doing some plays in, in a number of uh, stages that we, uh, and the uh, education, and other actually, and the commission, and the entertainment commission have, have done, have uh, reopened uh, the stages, have re-renovated uh, a lot of things. Um, and uh, in the words of a wise man uh, who once told me, um, Saudi Arabia is going back to a period prior to 79. Uh, we used to have all of those things. Mm -hmm. And uh, those are uh, things, uh, you know, they're not strange to us. But we're not, we, we, we want now to embrace them, to, to have a better life. To, uh, and uh, for another uh, thing which you have uh, asked uh, is the Islamic discourse. Uh, we are so uh, keen on moderating the Islamic discourse not only for Saudi Arabia, for the uh, uh, Muslim community uh, internationally. Um, uh, I remember that uh, uh, I once asked Prince Mohammed bin Salman, uh, who's the defense minister as well, um, when he wanted to announce the Islamic coalition to fight uh, uh, extremism, Daesh, uh, and other terrorist groups. And um, I had a, a discussion with him about uh, why are we doing this? Uh, why only Muslim states? Uh, and his answer was, uh, I think, very important to me. Uh, he said, if the Muslim communities and Muslim states uh, do not become uh, at the forefront of the uh, 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 war uh, on terror, uh, they, will, they will be the victims and they will be uh, the final targets and they will fall. Uh, this is why we need to uh, uh, build an Islamic coalition that is supported internationally by the international community. And we need not to only think about fighting it militarily uh, alone, but we need to add to it 
uh, another component, uh, an intellectual component, which is uh, moderating the uh, uh, discourse uh, on Islam itself. Uh, and this is actually part of the Islamic coalition's job. Uh, it's uh, actually part of uh, the ministry uh, that I'm responsible uh, uh, to run, and it's also the responsibility of the Islamic Affairs uh, uh, Ministry. Uh, we have uh, uh, plenty to do in moderating and actually uh, providing the world with a, a better discourse about Islam. Uh, and we need to actually uh, uh, fight uh, uh, and erase the awful things that have been done in the name of Islam uh, by those terrorist groups uh, in the past decade. So that's a, that's a powerful takeaway for me um, that, that you, you're publicly stating and, and making a commitment to moderate the discourse on Islam. And, and we'll all obviously follow that with great interest. Mr. Chairman, if I might ask one, one final question. Yes, and indeed, then we'll, please. Um, so I, I do want to ask you about the, we talked about the terrible wars in Iraq and Syria, but you have a, a tragic war on your southern border in Yemen. Uh, and uh, we, f we follow it with concern, uh, the uh, tragic uh, killing of the uh, hundred or so people who were attending the funeral in Sana'a uh, recently is an example of, of the awful things that happen in, in wars. So I, I want to ask you, uh, perhaps you would focus on the question of the, the peace negotiations that have been underway for many months. Early this month, there was, again, hope that that uh, peace process might move forward. The, the Houthis, uh, with their Iranian supporters, uh, were making demands for a written uh, formula for transition, but there was at least, again, discussion of stabilization. And so let me ask you, based, based on your conversations with the defense minister, with others, uh, where do things stand in the negotiations, and generally, uh, how, how are you going to put that broken country back together, assuming that you can get some kind of a peace agreement? Well, uh, if it was for us and we could do it, uh, I think Saudi Arabia would have done it. Uh, we want peaceful Yemen. We want uh, a prosperous Yemen for the Yemeni people. Uh, King Salman has always expressed uh, that uh, what's happening in Yemen is a tragedy, uh, not for Yemen al alone. It's a tragedy for the whole region. Uh, the deputy crown prince, uh, Mohammed bin Naif, um, has always read uh, into uh, the Yemen uh, uh, struggle that it's going to be a big source of, of uh, instability for the region. Uh, and uh, people think about it as a, a war between uh, you know, Saudi Arabia or the coalition and uh, the Houthis and uh, Ali Abdullah Saleh. But in fact, it's a war between Yemenis themselves. It's a civil war. Um, what, what is uh, uh, problematic to us is that the uh, continuous attacks from uh, the Houthis and Ali Saleh uh, on Saudi borders, uh, targeting Saudi civilians and using uh, uh, ballistic missiles uh, that uh, on the last Eid of, of uh, Adha have killed uh, 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 a child uh, and an adult. 
uh, and they are continuously uh, hitting and targeting Saudi uh, um, villages and Saudi towns, and they have not uh, uh, stopped uh, their operations. Now, when it comes to uh, talking about the negotiations and supporting the negotiations, Saudi Arabia have expressed several, uh, uh, on several occasions, uh, in its cabinet, weekly cabinet uh, uh, statements that it supported the international community uh, work on Yemen. It supported the international envoy uh, on Yemen. Uh, we have lended support um, to the international community and to the international uh, envoy on Yemen. Uh, and we do seek uh, and hope that the Yemenis would do uh, a peace agreement together. And we are willing, uh, as others are willing, um, uh, to see that uh, you know, uh, uh, reaching a fruitful uh, stage. Uh, and we're working not alone. We're working with um, uh, international partners uh, and uh, regional partners to achieve that goal. Uh, unfortunately, uh, uh, whenever, uh, uh, um, what do you call it, uh, uh, an agreement is written or, a or, or almost to be concluded, uh, orders comes from the Revolutionary Guard in Iran. And uh, I need to say something, because I mentioned Iran several times, mm -hmm. uh, I need to say something about the Iranian people uh, and to distinguish between the two. Uh, uh, the Hyosodians, the two holy mosques, King Salman uh, always spoke about Iran uh, before the revolution uh, and how great nation and people it is. Uh, and uh, he always expressed how, how he looks uh, uh, so, so sadly to Iran uh, under the rule of this current uh, uh, regime who seeks uh, n no stability, who declares in its constitution the export of uh, 12 Shiism, so they insist on even being sectarian uh, on that sense. And uh, we feel also for the Iranian people and the suffering they, uh, they had on the hands of this regime. And we see them, uh, but we understand that uh, Iran is not going to change its ways uh, um, now. We haven't seen any indications that this will happen. And therefore, we anticipate that they will not uh, uh, seek peace in other parts of the world. Uh, uh, and this is their notion. So, I, I, Mr. Chairman, I should bring it to an end here. I, let me just say, uh, in concluding, just a personal um, uh, word. Um, to me, the opportunity to ask the Saudi Minister of Information uh, direct converse, uh, questions, to have a conversation, to write things occasionally that uh, may not be uh, in, in entirely uh, what uh, one might want, but to continue that process, uh, th that's the kind of uh, Saudi-American dialogue that I understand. It's in my business of journalism and your business of education. I should also say that um, Minister Al-Tarefi, uh, I hope it's all right to say... No, Adel, we know each other. <laughs> Well, that we, and, uh, we do. You, since I used to, I, I always like to address people by their titles. But um, I should say that Adel just got married. <laughs> and a <laughs> man who <laughs> is uh, uh, 
Congratulations. Thank um, you but a, a man who is willing to bring his new bride to Washington to a big convention on his way to a wonderful honeymoon, I'm not going to say where, uh, is a man who is, uh, who is, is really making a, a commitment to all of us. So uh, my friend, my former editor, thank you for doing this. Thank you very much. Uh, I really enjoyed it. And uh, if, if I have to say something, that the uh, candid conversation between Saudis and Americans is very important. And uh, uh, we expressing our views, American, our American friends expressing their views uh, is paramount for us. Uh, we will learn uh, from you, uh, and hopefully we might have something to provide as well. Uh, and um, uh, if, uh, about your writings or others, you know, just see what other uh, writers in Saudi Arabia are writing about their own minister of, uh, of culture or other ministries, you know. So we're, we're, we're very comfortable with this. Uh, it helps us uh, correct our way. It helps us also to, to, to improve our job. Uh, and this is the healthy way. Uh, and this is, I think, something we can take from this conversation. On that, I think, I hope we all agree. Thank you very much.